I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Guys, it is a new week. Actually, we're kind of in the middle of the week now. It's hump day when I'm recording this. This will be out on Thursday. But we are in the midst of some changes with the Lansing Lawn Service business, the lawn business, uh, and just solidifying some things today, as a matter of fact. So we're going to be doing some changes with the business, some equipment changes. Uh, I want to go into a little bit of my dealer horror story today and just kind of give you guys the lay of the land of what's going on in my business and kind of... uh, give you some updates, but also talk about dialing in your setup, getting that right setup for the lawns that you have or the lawns that you're targeting. So guys, it's been a rough couple of weeks here for me in in the business. Uh, As you all know, I've talked about it the last two episodes. My Toro Multiforce has over 2,000 hours on it. It went down with a bad oil leak. This oil leak sprung up after I had the mower at the dealer and they changed the oil. So I'm questioning whether it is something to do with the oil filter. Maybe they cross-threaded the thing or something and it's it's not right. I checked it. I, I made sure it was tight by hand. That's all I did with it. It was leaking really bad. I mean, really bad. I mean, there was a, a big puddle. If you're watching on on YouTube, I'm filming this for YouTube as well. And I'm using my hands here if, if you're just listening on the podcast. It was like a big puddle on my trailer of oil. And so it, it was bad. It was bad. And this was, I, I had added a bunch of oil that morning and it had basically all leaked out. Not all, but it was pretty bad. So now the mower has been sitting at the dealer for a week and a half. And I get a call today as I'm weed eating on a property. And I, when, when the phone rings right now, I'm looking at the phone. I'm pick, picking up the phone, looking at it, making sure it's, it's my dealer. And so it was my dealer. And I've been calling this dealer. I called them the last two days just to kind of, you know, kind of be that squeaky wheel. You know what I'm saying? So they called me today and I was very surprised. And I, I because I wasn't expecting a call. And this nice lady called. I, I say nice, but, you know, she, I mean, she was nice. So she called and she said, well, I have some news for you. I was like, okay, great. They finally got it. You know, they finally got it in to look at it. No, no, they didn't. She, she says to me, well, an issue came up. We didn't realize that you were a commercial business. And I'm immediately thinking to myself, hold on a second. What homeowner do you know that pays $15,000 for a machine? Now, granted, I pay nine for mine, but 
Today, they're $15,000, the Toro Multiverse. What homeowner do you know that buys a stand-on mower, first of all, and then a multi-force on top of that? There ain't many that buy that uh, an individual that's going to throw down $15,000 for a commercial stand-on mower for their home use. And so I... I I immediately got ticked off. Uh, I was just, I was not happy. And she says, so because of this, because we didn't know that you were a, a commercial contractor, we have to put you under another technician and it's going to be another couple of days before they can look at it. And so the first thing out of my mouth and I, I mean, I was just like, I didn't even care what it sounded like. I, I probably sounded rude to this lady. My mower's been there for a week and a half. It's my main mower. All right. I, I've been putting around with this little 42-inch residential mower for a week and a half. It's time to get this mower in and get it looked at. So I, the first thing I ask this lady is, so when you say a couple of days, what does that mean? And because a couple of days can mean two days, because a couple, you know, two, or it can mean who knows, you know, these repair shops. So I, I asked her, what what does a couple of day, days mean? She says, oh, well, it's probably going to be a week or a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I'm glad I asked that question because goodness knows you weren't going to tell me the truth. My mower was going to sit there for another week to another week and a half. So my mower is going to be down for probably three weeks by the time they get it in to look at it. They, they haven't even touched it yet. It just sits there. The oil's probably all leaked out. They're probably going to try to crank the engine. It's probably going to kill the engine they're gonna make me pay for it i'm just done i'm done with this dealer i'm just done i've i've kind of been to this point before but not to this level i am just i am beyond done the commercial the the customer service of this of this dealer is just unbelievably horrid Unless you're working with the business owner himself, the customer service is absolutely abhorrent. It's just horrible. I, would, I wouldn't wish their customer service on my worst enemy. <laughs> I'm serious. So if you haven't heard some of my stories about their customer service in the past, go back to last uh, uh, go back to Tuesday's episode listen to that one that's a doozy too so i'm just i'm done i'm i'm done with with this dealer so which means i'm done with toro it, it just has to be uh I, I love toro i love toro mowers i specifically love the toro grandstand uh the toro multi-force the 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 um the turbo force deck is just second to none it is probably, if not the best, one of the best, probably top three decks on the market today. And I, I love that machine. But 
if I don't have a dealer that can support me because this dealer doesn't have any loaners, they don't have any rentals, they don't, they don't do any of that, your mower has to sit there at their shop until they deem that they have time to do it. And so I am forced because of their lack of customer service and their lack of ability to schedule and to plan and to properly tell me, the client, a proper time frame of when they can get that mower in, I am now deciding I'm done. I'm just done with Toro. I'm done with, with this dealer. Like I said, I love Toro, but I, I can't, I can no longer get by with this dealer. I've been down a week and a half. They never call me. I always call them, except for today when they told me that they had to extend the time that my mower was going to sit there. So I'm just done. I'm moving on, and I have found my next mower, and I will talk about that when I get it. I don't have it yet. I need to travel to another state to actually get this mower. So, And it's brand new. But I'm going to go. I'm going to pick it up. We're gonna. I'm gonna go Friday. I'm gonna pick it up. We are going to have. I. I am going to have. Not we. It's just gonna be me. Uh, I'm going to have a great time going to get this mower. It's going to be a surprise for you guys. I think. I think it will. So, with that being said, there is some power in getting your setup dialed in. I know there are guys out there that have their setup dialed in to a T. They know what they, they, they have it dialed in so tight that they are uber profitable. That's where I want to get. I don't feel that I'm there yet. Obviously, I'm not there yet because I have this gravely residential mower on my trailer. It's pretty slow. It goes like I don't know, seven miles an hour. Cut quality isn't great and it's getting worse. I figured out finally that I have to keep the deck absolutely clean or else this mower will not cut well. So I have to keep the mower clean. It it cuts it cuts okay in wet grass, but you always have to double cut in wet grass because on that third spindle, it leaves a strip of grass. It doesn't cut it cleanly because the air there's an airflow issue. So the grass has to be dry or you have to double cut. So I am really looking at different mowers and I've found one that I'm going to try. But the one that I'm going to try is replacing the Toro. Yes, I'm going to get the Toro fixed. I'm going to fix it unless unless the engine is blown. If the engine's blown, I'm still going to keep it. And I'm just going to save up money to buy a new engine uh, when that time comes. So I may even reach out to a couple of guys that I know have replaced engines on some of these mowers with cheaper mowers like from harbor freight and things like that so i might i might reach out to those guys and just see what they might say uh you know what other options i have besides going with the kohler engine that typically goes on the toro multi-force because i just use it as a mower so you know we'll see how that goes but um I, I really am trying to focus in on getting my setup dialed in. 
lately and I don't it, obviously I'm not as efficient as I want to be I want to be uber efficient I mean that's why I went I, I want to be uber efficient with as low cost as possible and so because I feel like that is where that's the sweet spot you got to get quality equipment at a low price there's some several things that have to come together to to make this all work and so because i'm i'm in this business for profit that's what i do this business for is profit so if i'm spending $15,000 on a mower that is deeply cutting into the profits of the business I'm not about that. I'm not about that. And I realize mower prices probably are not going to come down. I realize that. I realize that they are probably going to continue to rise. And some of these mower brands are just out of control. Toro, Xmark, uh, Skag, not so much. Right, not so much. But they're they're creeping up there. They're creeping up there. And so, you know, we have to... We have to think about productivity versus cost of the machine because 2016, I bought my machine for $9,000. It's made me, gosh, who knows how many times over that, that amount of money. I mean, just outrageous. I mean, I'm, I'm on track to make at least 70K this year. Now, part of that has been just with the Gravely, but most of that was on the was on the Toro Multiforce. Now, granted, that machine has paid off, so I don't I'm not making payments on that anymore, and so I'm I'm as uber profitable as I can be, except for the fact and the 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 thorn in my side. This little Gravely 42 inch mower. The reason I went with a 42 residential is because there aren't many companies out there that make a commercial 42 inch deck that um you know that's relatively inexpensive because this mower only gets used normally maybe four or five times in a week you know in specific backyards so it's paid for it's you know it's all paid off it's you know, it is what it is, but right now it's getting us by and it's, you know, it's, it's just not that fast. Not the cut quality is terrible. I mean, not terrible, but it's not good. And so it's getting me by, but it's, it's the frustration is building with that too. So it's all, it's, this is all processing through my head about how to get dial in my setup. You know, I've got I've got uh, backpack blowers. So I've got the Echo 580T backpack blower. I've got the 770, and I've got the 8010. Now I'm thinking I'm having some problems with the 8010. Maybe I should save up a little money and go buy the 9010. But then, am I going to have those same carb issues with the 9010? I don't know. Recently. I switched from using the Echo Red Armor Oil. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. It, when I ran the Echo Red Armor Oil, my machines just seemed to get sluggish over time. So I switched to probably the top of the line 
two-cycle oil in our industry, and that is Opti-2 oil. I bought a box of the little sleeves that have the pre-measured oil in them, so that adds to the cost. Years back, I bought like a gallon jug of the stuff because I, I bought a squeeze bottle of it, and the squeeze bottle got empty, so I just used that gallon jug and I filled the squeeze bottle and just kept reusing the squeeze bottle. Now I decided to go this route. Yes, it's a little bit more expensive because of the packaging, the individual packaging, but it saves a lot of time. And so my machines have been running way better. I mean, they sound healthier. They sound like they have more power. They do have more power. They're running cleaner. And so they have the Opti 2 uh, two cycle oil has fuel stabilizer already in it. I'm not sure that the Red Echo Red Armor oil has fuel stabilizer. So it's it's really the Opti 2 stuff is really good. If you if you're having trouble with two cycle equipment, switch to the Opti 2 because it will revolutionize the way your your machine is working if it's not working well right now so i'm going to try the opti 2 gas in the 8010 see if that cleans out some of the carburetor issues it might it might not heck the the 8010 might not even start i don't know i haven't started it in a while so i got to get out there and do that but i'm going to try the new gas in it see what happens if it gets it cleaned out to where it starts running really well again, hey, game on, no need to buy that 9010. But if it starts just crapping out, yeah, I might take it in and get it fixed. I might not. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, we'll just have to see. But I, I, I've got the trimmers dialed in. I've got those dialed in. I've got a, I've got a stick edger. I've got my trimmers dialed in we took the guards off this year that has been revolutionary just for speed for cleanliness for for blending the lawn that's been amazing i think i've got the blowers dialed in regular season 70 770 because just one pull like it takes two pulls to start it when you choke it i don't even have to prime it my primer ball was busted i don't even prime the thing i choke it I pull the cord twice, starts right up. I don't have to choke it the rest of the day. It will just fire up one pull. It's awesome. I love the 770. It's a solid machine. As the years went on with the 8010, I would really have to struggle with that and really play with the throttle as the thing was starting because it would just take forever to warm up every time you started it. And so I'm hoping I can get rid of that issue with the new fuel. If not, I might just have to take it in, get it serviced, or go buy that 9010, which service is probably a lot cheaper than buying a new blower, I will say. But who knows? I haven't tried the 9010, so I might just might just go out and get that. But so the blowers are pretty much dialed in. I've got every base covered there. It's that it's that gravely 42 that's kind of bothering me. It's it's just slow. Now, granted, if I go with another stand-on mower, it's going to have to be a 36. You're you're 
change you're exchanging um, speed and cut quality on the gravely for sp- like slow speed on the gravely to faster speed on a 36 with probably better cut quality but you you're losing that six inches off of the deck and so that's that's the game that I'm playing here, but I think it will work out in the end if I go with a 36. So we'll just have to see. But I'm I'm not willing to spend a bunch of money on a small mower because it doesn't get used a whole lot. Wherever I can, I use my big mower. Wherever I can, because it's just more efficient. And so it, it it's just dialing in that setup. So there is power in that because you can, you can like, for instance, I take Jonathan with Torta, Torta, Florida turf pros. He, he made a video a couple years ago now, you know, about route density and the type of yards that he goes after. And they're all basically the same. And I'd love to get there. The problem is Lansing, Michigan where I'm kind of located, they are the lawns are are fenced, they're gated, they are old. Lansing is old. We have old growth trees. We have weird shaped lawns here. Like there's some like pizza slice lawns. There's some oddly shaped Texas looking lawns. It's just it's crazy around here. And so it's really tough to get those just postage stamped square, no fenced yards. And so I'm having to figure out my setup for what is going to be most efficient for me. And you guys have to do the same thing. You have to sit down and really put some thought to it. You have to think about what kind of lawns you have. And for me, it, I, I probably should just let go of all the yards where I, I need a smaller mower to get in the backyard. I should probably just let those yards go and just focus with one mower on, on doing those properties that I don't need a 36-inch mower for. That's really what I should do. I just haven't. <laughs> I need to because that will dial in my setup even farther it will make me more profitable because that mower is going to just be it's going to be huffing it all day long it's going to be working i'm not going to have a mower just sitting on the trailer doing nothing it yeah it might be paid off but it's still costing me money in service repairs and and just general maintenance it's going to be costing me money. So I have to, I want to be as dialed in and as tight and streamlined in my business as I can be so that I can be uber profitable because it all comes back to profitability. At the end of the day, when you dial in that setup and you dial in that, those lawns, and then you dial in that route, that leads to uber profitability. I mean, I have on my Thursday route, my Thursday route is probably my most profitable 
because I, I work in a town called Holt on Thursdays and I have basically yards that are about the same size, but they're all fairly close together. So when I think about it, I have two that are neighbors. So I pick those up. Then I, I just drive out of that subdivision and I go up the road. So it's less than a quarter mile. It's probably an eighth of a mile. And I drive up this road. I have another one. And then right from there, right around the corner in another subdivision, I have another house. That one's bi-weekly. His grass does not grow very fast. So he is a true bi-weekly and I'm fine with that. So then I have him around the corner. Then I come back out of there and another eighth mile up, I have two more neighbors that are right side by side. They share a yard. And then I drive maybe two miles to my next yard. And then after that one, I drive maybe half a mile to two more neighbors that are across the road from each other. This helps me to be super profitable because I'm making one stop and knocking out two lawns in, in most cases. It's, it's awesome. I need to dial that in and figure out how to keep doing that. <laughs> uh, so maybe it's yard signs. It's, I'm probably going to try yard signs this year. Uh, I know that I made a podcast episode about marketing in the digital age. And I, you know, I'm all for a website and using Google, but I also want that route density. And so, sorry guys, it's late. <laughs> so I'm going to try yard signs and just see what happens. Now I have to design them. I have to get them ready, things like that. But maybe next spring, I'm going to throw those bad boys out there in neighborhoods that I'm already in to see if I can get some more clients in those neighborhoods to just create that route density, grow the company a little bit without growing the expenses of the company too much. So bringing on more profit, more work that I can do in a shorter amount of time, maybe let go of some of those other clients that are farther out, keep drawing that route in and condensing it so that I can become uber profitable because that is what business is all about. It's about being profitable. Guys, that is it for this episode. I thank you for listening and tuning in. If you would, head over to the Lansing Lawn Service YouTube channel. Check out some videos there that that channel funds the podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button subscribe to the channel. What can it hurt? You can at least see that I put out a new podcast episode twice a week. I do three, but two are lawn care related. One is faith related. I feel led to do a faith related podcast. I'm not asking any of you to listen to the faith, faith Friday episodes. It is there if you would like to. All right. It has nothing to do with lawn care. It is it is just something that I feel led to do, and so that's why I do it. So on these days, I don't really go into too much faith stuff on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but on Friday, it is nothing but faith-based content, okay? So if you like that, great. 
If you don't, great. You know, you don't have to listen on the, on that Friday. It's fine with me. It's okay. I, I'm okay with it. All right, guys, thanks for watching. I really appreciate it and listening. And uh, I will see you in the next episode.